Welcome back, listeners. This is Steve, and you're listening to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right. You're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Listeners out there, you may have noticed something, and that's that Dustin didn't say anything at the beginning. And the reason for that is because Dustin is dead. It's kind of sad, but really funny at the same time. He sent me like a, a video chat the other day request and I opened it up and he was like, Steve, check it out. I'm, I'm flying my drone and everything's going awesome. Don't you wish you flew your drone more often? And uh, while he was making fun of me, he wasn't looking at where he was flying the drone and he flew it straight into his neck and his entire head came off. So I feel like we should probably take a moment of silence for Dustin because he's very dead, like super dead. But before we get to that, I should introduce, since Dustin is incredibly dead this week, RIP Dustin, I did bring in a ringer. This week on the podcast, we have everybody's favorite ghost bully. That's right. Ulysses <laughs> Del Toro of the Wedding Photo Podcast is here. We're going to be talking this whole entire episode about how to intimidate the ghosts in your life. <laughs> yes. Please stop talking about Dustin for one second <laughs> before we pause and uh, say our prayers. <laughs> well, actually, Ulysses, this is why I brought you on. Now that Dustin is dead, the only way we can talk to him is through somebody who knows how to commune with the dead like yourself. So... I'm going to need you to channel that Dustin now. Well, I know that you guys consider me a ghost bully, but I'm afraid of Dustin bullying me in the afterlife. <laughs> that is how that story ended. That is correct. <laughs> well, even though Dustin's not here because he's super dead, everyone, sorry, we do have a great show for you all. And first up, we're going to start out with some follow-up. You know, Ulysses, do you do you want to read this follow-up? It might be kind of weird if I read it. Oh, is this from your wife? Is that why you don't oh, want to read it? Yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> sick, sick burn. Dustin, may he rest in peace, in, in his dying wish, finally converted my wife over to his side, I, I would say. <laughs> and, and Ulysses, what did she say? Uh, I think she got you pretty good on this one, man. Uh, she said, uh, this is from Jennifer Van Elk. Hi, Stephen. It's Jen. Remember that one time you spent a lot of money on something you never use? Do you think there's... Oh. <laughs> then, she, then she included then a she, link to a bunch of drone photos. <clears throat> yep. And she said, do you think their spouses trolled them until they went outside? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to say I, I'm, I was in the group and I got this notification of my wife just burning the shit out of me. Like, oh gosh. <laughs> But even more important than that, I kept track of every single person who reacted to that with a laughing face emoji, and you're all on my list now. Each and every one of you. That includes you, Ulysses. No, you might notice I haven't reacted to it because I felt for you on this one, man. Mm, oh, your, your wife reacted. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. As soon as I read it, I was like, this is exactly what Maria would say to me. <laughs> uh, you can tell the lovely Maria Del Toro that she is on my list. <laughs> I'm sure her and Jen would get along just fine. Yeah, just giving us the sickest burns in the world all the time. Jeez. All day. All day. You know, it's bad enough that I feel like I never have a chance to get out there and fly my drone because of <laughs> reasons. Many, many reasons. But it's like 
a million times worse when my wife just dunks on me in the group. Like, jeez. <laughs> she's got to keep. Uh, she's got to keep that Stephen Van Elk ego in check, man. Yeah. Well, when it comes to me and my wife, it's like she's seven feet tall and I'm like four feet tall on the basketball <laughs> court, and she's just dunking on me all day. <laughs> There's a, a real peek for the listeners into the home life of Steve and Jen. Yeah. So Ulysses, next up on on the docket for what we usually do, I don't know if you've ever listened to our show before, mm. but typically next up we talk about uh, the beer that we are drinking. So Ulysses, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I got something special. This is uh, a couple local breweries. They did a collaboration. It's uh, El Segundo Brewing and Claremont Craft Ales called Beach to Baldy. Beach and I don't know if you, to mm-hmm. Baldy. What's, what know. style is that? It is a uh, an IPA. Nice. And the thing, uh, Baldy is a uh, it's a mountain peak pretty close to here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know this about California, but um, it's known for its beaches and its mountains and its desert. And uh, you I can did not go know th- that about California. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you can visit all of those in one day. So Beach Tobaldi is basically you can go surfing in the morning and then uh, go snowboarding in the evening in mm. the same day. See, if I want to go to a beach here in Indiana, it's like a three-hour drive to Lake Michigan or an 11-hour <laughs> drive to the Atlantic. <laughs> but that's, if I want to get to the mountains, beach. that's just like a seven-hour drive to the Smokies. But I just want to point out, if I was going through the Smokies to the Atlantic, I could go mountains to to, to ocean front in one day, too. <laughs> <laughs> one whole day. <laughs> one terrible day. <laughs> No stop, straight driving. (laughs) Pretty close. Ulysses, for me, you got a dealer's choice tonight, buddy. Uh, I'm going to let you pick. I got lined up in front of me here. uh, New Holland Dragon's Milk, Scarlet Lane's Barrel-Aged Olga Russian Imperial, and Lagunitas Born Yesterday Pale Ale. I'm going to drink whatever you tell me because you're the guest. You literally have all those beers sitting in front of you. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay, what I want you to do is take a bucket and just make a quick little cocktail. Oh, gosh, I'm not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Lagunitas just because that's a California brew right there. So for listeners out there who don't know, Ulysses runs the Wedding Photo Podcast. It is a podcast where you mostly do interviews with other photographers. And then from time to time, you put out solo episodes where you talk about issues or where you go through like step by step of how you do things on a wedding day and stuff like that. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And recently you had on a very special guest. Do you want to talk about that at all? Um, <laughs> the episode's not out yet. When does the episode come out with your very special guest? May he rest in uh, peace. My ve- my, may he rest in peace. <laughs> my very special guest. Yeah. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet Dustin in person before he died, of course. And, uh, he flew all the way down to San Diego, California with his friend Luke to, uh, shoot video for a wedding. 
And uh, I drove down there and met them and uh, we recorded a podcast episode. And it should be coming out in another week or so. Mm, it's going to be re- released posthumously for Dustin. So mm-hmm. go ahead and everybody just submit Ulysses podcast episode with Dustin to the podcast awards because they love it when people die um, voting them in. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Dustin's ghost could really use a win. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be a good one. Yeah. And if you guys do talk to Dustin in the afterlife, make sure he doesn't bully me. <laughs> Ulysses, do you want to talk about some real topics, though? I suppose. So, Ulysses, somebody wrote in a very, very long time ago, and Dustin and I have never addressed this, but have you ever been in a situation where you feel like either the bride and her family or the groom and his family don't value you or your work on the wedding day. Not that they're necessarily intentionally disrespectful, but even if they just view you and treat you as maybe a friend and not as a professional, or maybe they view you and treat you as like the help and not as a professional. I think I've, I've ran into this situation before, but the time that I can think of this happening i think it had more to do with the amount of alcohol that was consumed at the wedding you were drinking at a wedding ulysses no (laughs) no but the entire family was and yeah they they weren't necessarily disrespectful but it was definitely hard to keep their attention and uh they were all pretty gone by the time we did family photos and i couldn't get (laughs) anybody they were all there when you say gone, do you mean drunk <laughs> off their asses or do you mean like they physically just walked away and passed out somewhere? <laughs> no, no, they were drunk off their asses. <laughs> I mean, both of those really are drunk off their asses. No, they were, they were definitely there, but, uh, but yeah, they were pretty inebriated. That were in, they were pretty drunk. Inebriated? In, inebriated. And, uh. Are you a little inebriated right now? Not yet. I just don't know how to speak English sometimes. Yeah, they were just, um, they were being very loud. And normally, you know, in a group setting, I have a pretty loud voice. I can get a good control of the group. But yeah, nobody was listening to me. I was naming off names. I had a list of everybody and uh, nobody really seemed to care. And uh, we got through it, but it was, it was pretty difficult. Mm. That's really the only time I could think of. Did you get the photos done? Yeah, we got them all done. Uh, Maria was there helping me out. She, we pretty much had to walk right up to people and move them almost physically, but we got through it. Um, I knew the family pretty well. So they, like I said, they weren't being disrespectful. I think it was just, they were having a lot of fun, had uh, plenty to drink and were ready to party. I love it. Um, so Maria actually had to lay hands on them now. She had to smack some people around, man. That's what she does. Do you guys ever touch your subjects when you're shooting? <laughs> You're going to have to hire us to find out, Stephen. <laughs> I think it was just propositioned. <laughs> is that is that how that happens? <laughs> I'm just saying we're fully booked next year. <laughs> well, that's good. Are are you telling people yet that what your big plan is for next year? Uh, Do you feel comfortable I, sharing that? I'll just cut this whole part out right now. No, it's fine. I, I did mention it on the podcast. I'm, I mean, I'm not like, uh, I haven't been bragging about it, but um, I will be quitting my 
full, my full-time day job in uh, in the next couple months. And uh, I have been sharing that on the podcast so that, you know, whoever's listening can kind of go along with the journey as I talk to other professionals about it and get advice from them. So my podcast isn't just for everybody to get advice from other professionals. I mean, it's for myself as well, you know, and that's that's kind of what I want to bring to to the podcast. See, that's kind of in stark contrast to this podcast, which is all about disseminating bad advice to people. So then Dustin and I can just completely destroy them in the business field. That's why I listen to you guys. I get a little <laughs> bit <laughs> best of both worlds. <laughs> there needs to be a balance, you know. How are you and Maria coping with the idea of quitting? Uh, we're trying not to think about it too much. <laughs> No, it's going good, man. We're really excited. Really excited? Yeah. Are you going to jump the gun? Jump the gun? Yeah, are you going to quit early? <laughs> no, no. No. We we have a we have a set date and uh we're going I think we're going to stick to it. And who who's keeping you stuck to that date? Are you keeping yourself stuck to that date or is Maria keeping you there? I guess I am, uh but for good reason. I'm just as somebody who's quit their job to start out on a business venture before. Yeah. You get to a point where it's just like every day you're like, maybe I'll just quit today. Maybe yeah. I will just quit today. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, uh, I, I enjoy my current job and I've been there for quite a while and I don't have any intentions on, you know, screwing anybody over. So mm-hmm. definitely going to go out there, get out of there peacefully. What pushed you to the point where you knew you wanted to uh, quit and do this full time? You know, for the longest time, that wasn't even our intention just because my day job always been pretty easy. The hours are pretty minimal and, you know, I get paid pretty well. But this year we had a real busy season and it got to the point where we were turning down jobs. And Maria and I kind of realized like this is this is easily something that could take over, you know, 100 Mm -hmm. percent of of our time. So. We said, screw it. Let's just do it. You know, I mean, it's something we'd we'd rather be doing anyways. And uh, we're also kind of planning for the future. Um, I want to spend as much time here with, you know, her and my son, Gabriel. And uh, this is the best way to do it. But to get back to the question I originally asked you a very long time ago. um... (sighs) Have you ever been in a situation like that? (laughs) (laughs) The initial question was, have you ever been in a situation where you feel like either the bride and her family or the groom and his family doesn't value you or your work on the wedding day? And I would say yes, multiple times. And it's typically not, it's typically not the bride or the groom. Sometimes it's the groom, (laughs) but typically what it is, is it's a family member of the bride or the groom who decides that instead of like treating you like a respected human being who's there to like provide a service to them. They treat you like you're subhuman and like they snap at you and stuff and like demand that you take photos of things that aren't things that the bride and groom have asked you to take photos of. And then like, will yell at you if you don't run over and cater to their every whim. And I mean, it doesn't happen very often. It's like maybe like two or three weddings in the entire time Jen and I have been shooting, but like those weddings really stick out. As like just bad, bad, bad weddings. We don't want to, we don't want to do that sort of thing again. You know, you know, when, when that does happen at a wedding, uh, I usually tend to 
mention it to the bride. You know, if, if someone's pulling us. <laughs> you just go up to the bride and you're like, look, your aunt. Look at Is she going to snap it at me and call me a photographer? Is it okay if I just snap at her and call her old lady? Yo, yeah, wrinkle tattle- bag. We tattletale. That's what we do. <laughs> How's that working out for you? <laughs> no, you know, we just, if somebody's asking for our attention when we're clearly trying to be there for the bride and groom, uh, we usually let them know that, that they, you know, they're going to have to talk to the bride and groom or we'll mention like, hey, yeah, we'll go run it by the bride and see, make sure that's okay with them, you know, and usually that kind of puts them in check. And then when you mentioned about the, the groom, um, one of the things that we try to do like in our consultations or our phone conferences is I always try to get like the groom to be involved in that conversation because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times maybe they don't really, you know, sometimes they might not care or they know that maybe they don't have a whole lot of say, but I think if you involve them, it kind of brings them in a little bit more. So the day of like you have, you not only have a relationship with, with the bride, but you also have it with the groom, you know. What sort of things do you do to involve the groom? Well, you'd have to hire us to find out. <laughs> you don't understand how podcasts work, Ulysses. How is your podcast getting downloads with stuff like that? Every week, Ulysses just comes on. He's like, hey, thanks for coming tuning in to the Wedding Photo Podcast. It's me, Ulysses Del Toro. If you want any more information, you're going to have to hire me. <laughs> Click episode out. If you want some advice on wedding photography, you're going to have to hire us. <laughs> no, I mean, we just, you know. One of the one of the main things that we do is we, you know, I'm sure you've heard this advice before, but just make sure you're listening to the bride. But same thing, uh, involve the groom, ask him questions about what he thinks, you know, um, and just just see what what he likes and make sure he feels involved. Do you have any examples of a time that's gone really well? Um, all the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Every wedding ever. <laughs> Every uh... wedding ever. No, I'm just saying like. That's always our goal to make sure that they both feel involved because mm-hmm. that, that may not be the case coming in, but we don't really know that because I always try to make sure I, I sit down with both the bride and the groom. So from just from the start, that's that's the feeling that the groom gets. Oh, he's definitely trying to involve me. So even if maybe they don't care, you know, but at least I try to make sure that they know they're being heard too. Mm-hmm. I think with us, it's like if we're trying to do something to cater to the groom, it's usually the groom wants like a goofy photo or he wants like a like a bad boys photo. <laughs> and when I say a bad boys photo, I mean specifically like the shot of Martin Lawrence and Will Smith with like the telephoto <laughs> swooping low. It's like, no, this is this is a photo. It's we can't do the video aspects with like a telephoto swooping around you and stuff like it's not going to work out in a photo, but yeah. we can do some cool shots, but a lot of times we'll do stuff like, uh, grooms will want to do photos of them, like smoking cigars and stuff like that, which is yeah, fun. I got, no, I got no problem with that. That's those turn out pretty cool anyways. Yeah. I love it. What, what do you do when you do a cigar photo? Uh, I try to make sure I go home with one. <laughs> 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 Can I just bum a cigar off you real quick? <laughs> All right, yeah. No, no, it's not. It's nice. Um, no, this, this isn't for the photo. This isn't for me. For later. I'm going to go home and smoke this one. You guys smoke yours now. <laughs> We've been offered cigars. They're pretty good. I've been offered cigars, but it's oh, never before Ian was born. And yeah. ever since Ian was born, I don't smoke anymore. So 
I still get together with uh, one of my buddies every once in a while. We'll sit, we'll sit in in uh, in his back in his backyard by like the fire pit, and uh, have some drinks and a cigar by the fire pit. You already got that smoke smell all over you. <laughs> Perfect. We want to make want to make sure it sticks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cigar photos. I mean, just look for some light. You look for some light. You know, you know that that uh, that smoke's gonna dance around that light. Mm, oh yeah. You don't do off camera flash, do you? For cigar photos? Yeah. Not so much, no? No, no. I was on your podcast, and you told me you don't do off-camera flash, period. Uh, no, no. I think you got that wrong. I think I mentioned that I'm not afraid to bump my ISO, and I mm-hmm, love doing the night mm-hmm. photos that way. Uh, but more recently, I've actually introduced multiple off-camera flashes to our reception photos. What system are you using? Uh, Canon and uh, Youngnew. Oh, cool. I love that brand. Use it yeah. all the time. We use it for like our triggers and our like B set of flashes. And what we actually like to do is because I like doing the high ISO, you know, the low light photos is typically I'll be on the flashes and Maria will actually be shooting the high ISO stuff. So you get a little bit of both. Jen and I used to do that a lot. And then eventually I just got tired because I felt like all of her pictures look better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I got upset and I started doing <laughs> camera flash too. <laughs> it was one of those situations where it was like when, when we go to pick photos for the blog, I'm the one who like goes through the photos and picks them for the blog and I'm the one yeah. who writes the blog post. And I was like, I never pick any of my photos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's a problem here. Yeah. I need to make sure my photos, I need to make sure my photos get in here. <laughs> I like the high ISO look for like, um, for a lot of stuff, like when you're in the reception, but just like for things like the first dance and stuff like that, we, we try to do like more of like the dramatic, like off camera flash sort of look. Same. Yeah. So earlier when I was saying like the groom maybe doesn't respect us, it's never really gotten to the point where like I felt disrespected by the groom. What it typically is like, like the groom might have too much to drink. And when the groom has too much to drink, and it's not, it's not all grooms who are like this, but just in my experience, the grooms I've dealt with, once they have too much to drink, they don't want to do photos anymore. They don't want to do much of anything. They, they have like their own plan in their head that they want to do, and that's what they stick to. And yep. from my experience, when a, a bride has too much to drink, she still really wants to do photos and still really wants to do everything else. And I mean, I'm being extreme. That's real sexist, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I'm being real sexist. That's yeah, a very definitely. stereotypical... <laughs> But, but from my experience, that's what it's been. And man, I'm a piece of crap. Wow. I'm a terrible human being. Help me, Ulysses. No, help me. Save this is what me. I, this, no. this is, no, no, this is, this is all gold because this, this is the reason I listen to the podcast. Dustin saves me. He usually comes right in right about now and says something worse that I, then I just have to cut everything. <laughs> Oh, man. Don't be so hard on yourself, man. Yeah, but typically, like, if somebody has too much to drink and then all of a sudden they don't want to participate anymore, and that's when it feels... Maybe they're not intentionally, like like I said, they're not intentionally disrespecting you, but you feel disrespected because, like, before it was like, yeah, we want to do this stuff and we want to get these shots, and then once they've had too much to drink, it's like, peace out. Uh, Have you ever had a client argue with you about a shot? Argue with me about a shot? Yeah. Like like argue against doing something? Like let's do family photos in this location. And the grandma or the aunt or the uncle says, 
no, 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 no. We should do it in this location. It'll look yeah. better. And you're like, it really won't. That'll be direct sunlight. It'll be terrible. I'm putting you guys like in the shade with like greenery behind you. That's also in the shades. So everything looks exposed. Nice. And well, again, man, I just make sure that the bride and groom are the ones making all the decisions. <laughs> I do like to throw things over to the bride and groom and just be like, Hey, you know, uh, we got some rowdy boys over here. If you want to take care of them for me, <laughs> you didn't hire me to be well, you, a rowdy boy wrangler. You Usually I'm right next to them most of the time anyways. So if a uncle says, no, we should do this over here, you know, it's really easy for me to turn to them and just tell them like, hey, I'm choosing this location because the lighting hits perfectly. We have enough room to do all of the family photos or whatever uh, type of photos that we're doing. But then I leave it up to them. And uh, usually they take my advice because they hired us to do their photos. <laughs> Usually they take my advice because they paid me a lot of money for that advice. Yeah, exactly. They don't understand the term sunk cost. <laughs> They're not getting the money back. Yep. So at this point, the decision really should be theirs. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's just yeah. economics. That's all we're talking about. Yeah. We're yeah. going to change this podcast. It's no longer about wedding photography. It's an economics podcast. Economics. <laughs> Yeah, I try to stay away from arguments or anything like that by just throwing everything over to the bride and groom on their wedding day. Nice, nice. <laughs> I mean, that's what Jen and I typically do too. I just, I'm always curious what other photographers do because I hear stories every once in a while about people like verbally like getting into it with like somebody and it's always weird to me. But I have like heard the these stories, yep. The thing that's like the weirdest is every once in a while we'll throw it over to the bride and groom and they'll be like, yeah, no, we're going with this. And then like the aunt or the uncle will like try to argue with them about it and be like, no, no, no. I know what I'm talking about better than your photographer knows. And like, yeah, we hired them like, geez, just do what we want. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's pretty unfortunate, you know, when you see that stuff, because it's their day, you know? Good reminder. Every time we're shooting a wedding, it's the bride and groom's day. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was, thinking, I was writing a blog post today about this wedding when I shot and I had so much time with the bride and groom because they wanted it. And then at the end of the night, it was like we spent maybe they had allotted like two hours for portraits of the two of them, like not portraits of them and the bridal party or portraits of them yeah. and the family, like two hours for just the two of them. Like the most ideal situation yeah. you could have. <laughs> and then like later on in the day, I was like, hey, the sun's about to set. I know, like, you guys are about to start the toast, but, like, could I steal you away? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I was like, it'll just be, like, five minutes. And, like, we get out to this spot I found, and they're like, no, 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 we're going to give you, like, 15 minutes. These photos you just showed us on the back of your camera look great. Let's get a ton more. So it's, like, perfect, perfect clients. And then, like, the very end of the night, I was like, hey, do you guys want to do some night shots? I set this thing up with my second shooter. I got a shot. This is what it looks like. And one of them was like, oh my gosh, yes, that looks awesome. And the other one was like, I kind of just want to hang out with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> They're like over it at that point. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, man, I felt like kind of bummed out. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? It's their wedding. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Who cares if I set up a cool looking shot? Like I got a few shots of my second shooter. I sent those to her later. And, you know, those are cool shots for her. She can do whatever she wants with them. Yeah. I always feel like, you know. Uh, I'm always happy with the work that we produce at all our weddings, but you know, there's always like one shot that you're looking for, for yourself, you know, cause you're shooting for the bride and groom. 
So if I walk away with one photo that I'm like crazy about, you mm-hmm. know, then then I'm happy with that. <laughs> have, you that, might, any, that have you had any of those shoots recently where you got it with that one photo you were crazy about? Yeah, I posted it on the wedding hangover group. Um I follow this fo- this photographer out in Nebraska, oh, I think. Oh, I was about to Google <laughs> that <laughs> and then i remembered the photo that was awesome it's yeah, that really yeah, minimalist yeah. one right yeah yeah there's a photographer uh, i think it's called like uh muller's photo out in nebraska and they do a lot of these like minimalist style photos mm-hmm. they're really good and so i think for the last couple months i've been trying to find that photo in my weddings i think i've come close two other times i've probably even posted those photos uh but this one where it's just pure sky and they're real tiny out in the distance that's like that's my favorite one and that little that's people big sky yeah yeah and i mean i got a ton of great photos this whole year but that's like my winner for me you know this whole year i love that photo it was really good thank you man what about you did you get did you get anything like that this year dude like two weeks ago I got, no, wait, two weeks ago. I wasn't even shooting two weeks. Two, like, <laughs> two like days ago. Wow. My brain. What is in this Lagunitas born yesterday pale? Oh, it's 7%. 7.7%. <laughs> and I already had a 9%. Ulysses, I gave you all these beautiful options. You actually chose the one that was the lowest APV. <laughs> Thank you. So like two days ago, I was doing an engagement shoot and the couple was just real cool. And they're, they wanted to do the engagement shoot in their venue. And then they wanted to transition from there to a park and do some shots there. And I was only supposed to be there for 45 minutes. And I ended up shooting with them for almost two hours because it was like the venue was just so cool. And I just wanted to shoot so many different things in there. And then like, I felt like I shot for 45 minutes in the venue. And then I was like, (laughs) so do you guys want to do anything else? Like, oh, are we still going to that park? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we totally are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then like we walked outside and like right outside the venue was like oh the light here is so good and i had to shoot there too yeah and yep. then like we drove to the venue and like the first thing we were there is like the sun setting and like i, I love like doing silhouettes and stuff like that and uh i just got like a real wide shot of the two of them with like the sun right behind them silhouetting them in the middle of a park and there's like a, a it was a, they were very small in the frame. There's a lot of sky and some grass and stuff. And yeah. I felt like I'd been searching for a silhouette shot like that for a while. Nice. So I was, I was pretty happy. I feel like, I feel like I, I tend to push more towards like the darker moodier stuff. Jen, Jen also goes that way sometimes, but she's, she's a bit lighter, airier than me, but I'm very dark in my mood, but I was, I was pumped dude to get that shot. Maria and I shoot very similar because she does all of our editing. <laughs> oh, that was what I was going to say next was, so <laughs> when I looked at the shot on the back of the camera, it looked so good, Ulysses. I took it in the Lightroom and I was like, mm, this does not look exactly like I thought it would look. <laughs> I don't know how happy I am with this anymore. And then I was like, Jen, can you help me out with this? And Jen was like, oh, oh yeah, sure. And just like came in and like five seconds later was like, is this what you wanted? And I was like, Oh my gosh, babe, you nailed it. You're the best. <laughs> and that is why I am employed by Jen. I employ <laughs> Jen. <laughs> well, you know, early on, uh, 
when Maria took over our editing, I was just happy that she was into photography because um, she wasn't a photographer before we met. We started dating. She got into photography. She said she wanted to shoot a wedding with uh, with me, and uh, and she just kind of rolled from there. She loved it. Mm-hmm. So when she got into editing, I was like, you know, whatever whatever she likes, I'm I'm all for it. And she's got a pretty good eye for aesthetics too. Maria puts out some pretty good edits. Are you talking about the Daniel's Vineyard photo? No, dude. This, this is a photo I literally shot like two days oh, ago. Oh, so it's you haven't even posted it yet. No. Okay. But I love that you took the time to go and start Googling through my Instagram and Facebook looking for stuff. <laughs> no, the Daniel's Vineyard photo that you're looking at was shot by my second shooter. Well, he or she did a great job on that photo. No, I was pumped. Like when she showed me that photo, I was like, did, have you been following me? Do you know exactly what I like? <laughs> She's a great second shooter. She's been shooting with us like for the last like year, year and a half. And she's fantastic at like getting candids and just she shoots for like a bunch of different photographers doing like second shooting. And she does like a few weddings every year on her own too. And watching like the way she conforms her photos, because I've looked at some of the stuff she's done for other photographers to those people's styles. It's just like, oh, she's like really working, working the shit out of this. Like. I've been impressed. That's good. That's good. She wants to produce good work. Yeah. And she just nails it on those candids, which I feel like I used to do a good job with candids back when Jen and I first started. And then like the more we've been shooting together, the less I care about candids. <laughs> and now, now when we started working with the second shooter and like seeing all the candids she was getting, I was like, oh, maybe we should start doing more candid stuff again because like I actually kind of really like this. I love the candid stuff, man. That's that's kind of where I got my start. I was doing events uh, before I got into weddings, and I have this uh, I have this thing where uh, I don't even look through the viewfinder. I just kind of run around, and I know kind of where to point the lens. Mm-hmm. and And people will call me out for that all the time. They're like, "Oh my god, you're so good! You don't even have to look through the camera." Uh, they don't call you out for that and say like, "Oh my gosh, you don't know how to use your camera. You're not looking through it." <laughs> Maybe that's what they're really thinking, and I'm just telling myself this, you know? <laughs> I love it. Do you do that, like, at receptions, or how, how you do that? Yeah, receptions. You know, when I'm when – I'm, I tend to be shorter than everybody at weddings. <laughs> I'm 5'9", but I feel like everybody's six feet tall. Ulysses, uh, I have been friends with you for, like, so long, and I've never met you in person, so I've never known how incredibly short you are. This is, wow, this is mind-blowing to me. I'm a normal human male in the United States of America, which means I'm a little bit over six foot tall, by which I mean I'm six foot and one quarter of one inch. You can't tell in this video call, but I'm actually sitting on a booster. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, so during the reception, I'll run around and, you know, I'll... I'll literally look for the shots that I want to get while holding the camera over my head, you know, trying to get all that stuff. Oh, dude, we, we all have to do that during the dancing shots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But I do it like nine... up in the air and just shoot down at people. <laughs> I do it like 90% of the time, but I do it with intent though. I'm not just running and gunning. Do you ever, do you ever get clients who say like, while you're shooting, can you just Photoshop that? Or can you, can you just fix that in the edit? Yeah, you know, when when I hear that, I purposely hear that 
and uh, convince myself that they're joking so that I could produce, <laughs> <laughs> so that I can like, you know, honestly give them a joking laugh, you know, like, ah, yeah, I'll, I'll that's a good do one. That. Yeah, I'll definitely fix that one in the end. Yeah, wink. Yeah. Ulysses, but, why um, did you just wink? <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't wink. I'm definitely going to fix that. Wink, wink. That was a double wink, Ulysses. <laughs> yeah, no, I I seriously kind of just treat it like as if they were joking. Because um, I'm probably not going to Photoshop anything. Yeah. Uh, normally, a bride will, will tell us ahead of time if they, if they have some concerns. And we'll let them know that we don't really do any... Ex- extensive editing you know what they see in our portfolio is what they can expect and and that's really without with like uh Mm -hmm. close to no photoshopping yeah you know so usually they're okay with that and when when they say something like that at the wedding same thing like they're just joking After the fact, if if they do tell I'm sorry, us, did, like, did you just tell me that you're insecure about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to Photoshop that. That was a good joke, though. <laughs> just like that, you make it sound like uh, you Insensitive. make it sound worse. You make it sound worse than it is, man. <laughs> Jen and I do the same thing. It's all good. <laughs> Does Maria do the same thing though, Ulysses? Um, I know she's I off to the side. I heard you say something to her earlier. I'm, I feel like she she's pretty passive about it. She's she's in she's baking right now, making some cookies. Not for me. <laughs> I wish I was in California so bad right now. <laughs> I always give her crap, man, because she'll she'll uh, uh, she bakes cakes and stuff too. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what she that's uh, she still does it, just not as much as photography now. But when she's making the cakes, she always cuts pieces of it off. And then I'll walk in the kitchen and I find it all in the trash, the all the leftover pieces. And I'm like, why did you throw this away? And she's like, you're not going to eat that stuff, which is probably for the better, I guess. <laughs> Ulysses, my heart is breaking for you. I see you fake crying and then laughing, but I'm real crying inside. Uh, me too. <laughs> Wait, how often does... How often does Maria bake? Is she, did she used to be a baker when you first met her? Yes. Yes. Like for real? Yeah. You never seen her stuff? No, Ulysses. How can I send it to you? Oh, here you go. Send it right now. I only, I only met you like last January or December when you discovered the podcast and started texting me (laughs) (laughs) or DMing me, I guess is the correct term. So pushing into the Photoshop stuff, do you, oh my (laughs) God. Gosh, those cakes look real good. <laughs> Whoa. I did yeah. not know Maria was like a master. Oh, wow. Do you guys do like a cake and bake photo service thing for weddings? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. We did that twice before we realized that was the biggest mistake. Actually, we realized it the first time that it was a big mistake. And then we're like, let's give it another go. So a lot of like these big cakes that she does, she has to pretty much bake the night before. So both the weddings that we did where she baked the cake, we were pretty much both up till, I was up till two in the morning, you know, like doing icing and working with uh, fondant or however you say that. Fondant. Yeah. yeah. Fondant. Fondant. And, uh, and I had, one of us had to go to bed because we're going to be shooting a wedding for 10 hours the next day. So that was me. And she was basically up till six in the morning, maybe got an hour of sleep. And then uh, we took off to the wedding. With cupcakes and cakes in the back of our car, 
it's 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 not fun. Mm, my gosh, people listening right now, uh, I'm gonna drop a link in the show notes, but you gotta go over to Instagram.com, the Yummy Life Bakery, all one word. T-H-E-Y-U-M-M-Y-L-I-F-E-B-A-K-E-R-Y. The Yummy Life Bakery. These are amazing, Ulysses. <laughs> wow. These are so... Oh, man. That Eiffel Tower one. Damn, dude. <laughs> She's going to appreciate that. Yeah, she does great work, man. Gee, oh, man. That Pokeball one. That's yeah. that's the stuff right there. My, my son would love that. So, up till 2 in the morning making a cake and then mm-hmm. had to get to the wedding on time the next day. How'd that go? I mean, everything went fine, but you know, um, I spent many weekend mornings like delivering cakes with her and, and delivering a cake itself is like, it's, it's a pretty stressful thing sometimes, mm-hmm. especially like if it's a tall cake or something, or if it's a summer, you're worried about it melting. You're worried about stuff rolling around in the back seat and getting messed up. And, you know, so to be worried about that, on no sleep and then having to shoot 10 hours of wedding and being on your A game, it just, it, it doesn't pile on very well. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds real tough. So it sounds good to like be a one-stop shop, but it's really not worth it. Yeah. Typically when you hear about your one-stop shops, it's like photography and videography. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not photography and baking. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe if that's all she did was bake and I did photography, maybe that could work. But with both of us shooting, yeah, it definitely doesn't work. Yeah, no, that'd be tough. Man, I want one of these cakes so bad now. <laughs> Jeez, these look great. That Peter Rabbit one, the most recent one she posted, man, alive, that's good. So, Ulysses, are you breaking into another beer? Yeah, are you ready? Uh, second beer is uh, Barrel House Brewing. It's an IPA called uh, Juicy IPA. Ooh, nice. Ulysses, so that brings us to um, the next part of our podcast, which is... Wait, what are you drinking? We're going back to, yeah, we're, we're right back oh. to beer talk, right back to you picking out another beer for me. Now I'm down, <laughs> I got the Dragon's Milk and I got the Scarlet Lane Olga barrel barrel aged Olga Russian Imperial. Well, I know how much you you like that dragon's milk, so I'm gonna choose that one. Lizzie's, don't do this to me. There's only two of them left. <laughs> it's my wife's favorite beer. Why would you do this to me? She's gonna hate me forever now. Why did I bake this? Wait, 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 wait! You didn't tell me that in the beginning. Get the other one, man. I don't want to <laughs> piss off your wife. <laughs> well, this is the last of the Scarlet Lane Olga Russian Imperial barrel aged. Uh, yeah, no, I really want the Scarlet Lane one. It's my favorite brewery. Let's be honest. Uh, oh, wait, what are you opening that up with? I'm going to include include a link to this in the show notes. For listeners out there, I got the Wedding Photo Hangover beer opener. It is a treat. Ooh, this is good. So, Ulysses, I had like five other topics, but I knew we wouldn't get to them. <laughs> but, Ulysses, I know that you're in the Facebook group, but... Have you seen the thing that new listener Rebecca Elliott posted recently about veil shots? This isn't going to be a very long topic. This is <laughs> this is just something I thought, like, I read what she wrote and immediately was like, yeah, why haven't I been calling it this that this whole time? So Rebecca posted a photo and it was of a bride and groom underneath a veil. And she was also underneath the veil. And she called it a three person, one veil shot. 
And when that, when I heard that, it was like a light bulb in my head. And I was like, yes, that is exactly what it is. Why haven't I been calling it that this whole time? And then she shortened it to TPOV or TPOV. And I was like, even better. You listen, do you do three person, one veil shots? Oh, the, you mean the TPOV? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the TPOV. <laughs> Uh, Ulysses Del Toro, he basically invented the t <laughs> No, you know what? I, I totally approve of that name. I think it, it, it's, uh, it's very fitting, and uh, I'm probably going to start calling it the t Because the we all do that shot. We all get in there. Three people, one veil. I like yeah, it. No, as I said in response to what Rebecca wrote, I did it for the very first time recently. And uh, it was because the bride and groom requested it. But I still convinced them, even after they requested, I was like, oh, no, it's going to look so much better if I'm not under the veil with you. But I couldn't get my <laughs> camera to focus. <laughs> I kept focusing on the veil and not on them. So I was like, let's just do one under the veil, see what that looks like, since since you guys wanted it anyway. And <laughs> Man, it felt like every part of me was just being like stabbed in the heart when I did that. But that is a that is a shot I have tried so hard to not do. Because to me, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's awkward for me when a bride hugs me after a wedding. It's awkward for me when a groom hugs me after a wedding. It's awkward for me to be in intimate situations. And getting underneath that veil, that feels like an intimate situation. Ulysses, uh, you want to tell everybody (laughs) how comfortable you feel getting in those intimate situations? Oh, I, I love those intimate situations. I'm, uh, I think we've talked about this before, but I am a hugger. Mm-hmm. So any opportunity to, to hug someone, I'll oh, take it. Oh, time out. You just <laughs> met Dustin. Did you hug Dustin? <laughs> oh my gosh. You didn't hug Dustin, did you? It's, it's messed up, man. That's messed up. <laughs> recently in a, in a, oh man, that photo shoot I did recently with the, the shot I got that I really liked. Yeah different um yeah i was making jokes with them and they said something about how uh so i was doing some shots of them on like the riverfront and like the sun was setting and the lights reflecting off the river so there's like a very glowy look behind them and i showed them a shot and they're like oh my gosh we look like angels oh everybody's gonna think we look like angels everybody will think we're we're their angels and i go and I'm like hearing them say all these things and I'm like, I got to make like a joke off this, right? Because I'm trying to get them to laugh and stuff. And so they say this thing about everybody's going to think that they are like that they as a couple are their angels, like their friends as angels or whatever, based yeah. on the shot I showed them. And I go, yeah, but just remember when anybody says that you're their angels, that you guys are really my angels because I took the photo. <laughs> and I was like. In my head, so confident that was the funniest thing in the world. It's going to get the biggest laugh. And it was like, as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, no, this sounds real creepy and possessive. Like, I don't know what's going on here. And so it like stumbles out of my mouth as like this half formed, half fledged joke with no real punchline. And as soon as it gets out, I just go, I look right at them with the most serious face I can. I just go, I'm so sorry for that. I thought I had a joke and I didn't. And I just said the stupidest <laughs> thing in the world. And they both laughed really hard. You recovered. Me, not with me. <laughs> at me. And um, 
And you then, started click, and you started taking yeah, the no, pictures. I started taking pictures. That is one hundred percent real. I took some photos of them laughing. It was a great time. And then uh, this is the same couple I got the silhouette shot with, and that I loved. And um, as soon as like, as soon as we're done with that, like, I just start talking with them, and the girl just goes, "I thought it was so funny when you said that because I know that feeling." Of you say something and like you think it's going to be like the coolest, funniest thing ever. And then as soon as it leaves your mouth, you're like, what the hell did I just say? And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I was like, thank you. Because I feel like the biggest, weirdest dude in the world right now. And I thought I was making a good, good joke. And I did not make a good, good joke. I made a really, really creepy statement. Well, what's really funny is that you said it with full confidence and then immediately regret it. That's what makes it so funny. <laughs> I said it with full confidence, but like looking back on it, I'm like, I said it with full confidence, but like, I think a part of me knew it was creepy and I was leaning into the <laughs> creepiness of it when I said it because like, I didn't say that in a normal way that I would normally make a joke. And I was like, oh, maybe I am a creepy, weird person. <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, Jen, I told Jen this story already and she was like, wow, well, I'm glad they laughed. And now she's going to listen to this and be like, wow, I can't believe you told that story on the podcast <laughs> before I just thought you're creepy. Now everyone's going to think you're weird and creepy. Hey, you know what? Uh, leave it to us photographers to turn an awkward moment into a beautiful picture. <clears throat> Solid gold, just like this podcast with Ulysses Del Toro, <laughs> my new best friend and host, now that Dustin, my old best friend and host, died. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Solid gold. Hey, everybody. I hate to break in again right after the ad break, but I wanted to let everybody know that tomorrow, that's Monday, December 17th, Jen and I's brand new podcast called Wedded is going to be dropping on anchor.fm slash wedded. It'll hopefully be up on iTunes by the 18th. But if you want to be an early listener, you know, and really make Jen and I happy, you could jump on over to anchor.fm slash wedded and listen right away. Now, our very special guest, Ulysses Del Toro, has actually already listened to the first episode of the Wedded podcast. And he had this to say about it. It is cute AF. Not really certain what that means, but I think maybe, maybe I was just reading it wrong. Maybe it's QDAF. So if you want to check out that QDAF podcast, make sure you jump on over to anchor.fm slash wedded so you can be one of the first people to listen to it. Thanks so much, guys. And let's get back to this episode with Ulysses Del Toro. Let's do some Q&A. Let's do it. All right, Ulysses. You know what? I always go first. I always feel bad about it. Now that Dustin's dead and I have a new host, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> do, do you see any questions that really speak to your soul that really, if, if not, it's okay. I, yeah. I got one. Cute. No, I do. I, I got one. Do it. This one's good. Uh, this one is from your very own Facebook group. Uh, this comes from Alicia Semrock. You, you, you know what? You're in the Facebook group too, Ulysses. Come on, take take a little ownership <laughs> of the role you play in the Facebook group. This comes from our very own, yeah, our very own Facebook group. Uh, Alicia Semrock. 
Interested in knowing what other people do for portrait sessions and gallery releases? Do you personally select all images to edit for the client? Do you let them choose their favorites? Do they have the option to order more? I feel like I almost have my ideal system figured out. Clients seem to love it and it almost always results in people buying additional digital images. Mm, additional that's what I'm talking about, Alicia. Got to get that upsell. You know what I'm talking about. You sell them a product and then you're like, hey, but you know, if you want all the good, good photos that I took, <laughs> you got to pay a little bit more. That's that Alicia Semrock upsell. And that's what we are trying to sell here. We got to get Alicia to come on the podcast and teach everybody how to do this upsell trick. Oh my gosh. Why can't I find this? Wait, you don't see the question I just asked? I see the question. Um, I remember she wrote stuff like followed up. Mm, mm, okay. Mm, mm, mm. So Alicia asked this good, good question. And I said, wait, 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 Alicia, you're just going to throw out there that you have figured out the most ideal system and you're not going to share that with everyone. <laughs> oh, I do remember that. Actually. Yeah. yeah. And Alicia wrote back, haha, obviously I'm trying to convince other people to divulge their tactics so I can steal them. Mm. Master plan, Alicia. That's the whole reason this Facebook group exists. So Dustin and yeah. I can steal all of your guys' stuff. <laughs> so she said she has three different, three separate lifestyle portrait options, mini, full, and extended. She keeps the price in a pretty moderate zone for her region. She includes a set amount of edited images for each option, not an extensive amount. And then she chooses the top shots for editing myself. She always includes a few more images than what she originally stated should include under the promise of under promise over deliver. Always. They know they're getting a good deal and feel happy with their investment. So it makes it pretty easy to incentivize purchasing additional digitals. I include a proofing gallery along with every session for them to browse the rest of the top cold images. I charge per image with discounts for a high number of photos. And people tend to order a lot of them. All I can say is, Alicia, this is a super, super smart thing to do. So Jen and I do a similar thing. Jen will, whenever Jen and I run like a deal on Facebook or something like that, we always say like, hey, you can get a mini session for half the price of normal. But that mini session, we say, comes with 10 edited images or something like that. Whereas like a normal session, we would give them... For Well, like a normal mini session, we'd give them somewhere between like 20 and 40 images, depending on how well that mini session went. So we'll say you get 10 images, but then we'll get send them a gallery that they can't download from and that has watermarks on it that has like 20 to 40 images. And we say, like, pick your 10 favorite or whatever as a way to get them to upsell. So, man, that's incredibly, incredibly smart. And, you know, I say that's incredibly smart and I don't mean that as like a pat on my own back. Because 100% Jen came up with that idea. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. So yeah, we go through and the way Jen and I do all of our editing, I edit every, or Jen edits everything, I call everything. And then I go through and I pick out the highlights after Jen edits everything. So like I call, Jen edits, I call again, basically. It's how we do our things, how, how we do like our post-processing for our clients. So I think, I think what you're doing, Alicia, is incredibly smart, incredibly good idea. Um, what I might say, though, is, Alicia, have you considered not giving your clients anything? So bear with me here, Ulysses. <laughs> yeah. 
you show up, you shoot all the photos, right? Then afterwards, you send them an email and say, look, your gallery is done and it's complete. But what I forgot to tell you about is if you want to view the gallery to be able to pick the images you want or be able to see the p images I picked for you, that's going to be an extra $100 right wait, there wait, on wait, top wait, just wait. to view the pictures. Wait. Because once you see the picture, you <laughs> wait, have the wait, memory wait, no. in your head of what I've created, and that is copyright infringement in your brain already. So I need you to pay before you get there. Better yet, instead of sending an email like that, you actually get a piece of paper and you get a newspaper and cut out individual letters to create a ransom note for <laughs> for all of their photos. Uh, I like where you're going. And you mail that to them. You got to make sure you use uh, synthetic gloves so you don't get your fingerprints on it. So you, you know what might be good? Take the DSLR you were using and the lens you were using when you shot the, sh the initial thing. And just, you know, take a picture of yourself with a mask on holding a gun up to the DSLR and be like, look, if you don't send me the photos, the DSLR gets it. <laughs> then include that with the ransom note with the cuttings out from the paper. See, I feel like this is a this is a really good idea, Ulysses, that you've stumbled across and I've helped you a tiny bit with. Because when it comes down to it, what are the police going to do to prosecute? Uh, I'm sorry, he... This person stole your photos? Who cares? Like, yeah. get some new photos taken, you know? And if the, like, and if those policemen are photographers, ooh, they're going to be like, better. you need to pay this immediately. Yeah. That camera, that poor camera is going to get it. <laughs> but nobody, that poor camera is going to die. Nobody, oh my nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Call Denzel Washington. We need our best negotiator. This is inside man. <laughs> oh my gosh, Alicia, you get to be Clive Owen. This is the best day of your life. Uh, Clive <laughs> Owen, tremendous actor. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Inside Man, Alicia, but he's phenomenal in it. And uh, the police officer gets to be Denzel Washington, which is a great role, too. There's that whole scene where, like, he gets real upset when he thinks that somebody was killed, in this case a camera, I would assume. And then, like, they wheel him all the way from where he's standing to the front of the bank so he can yell at the people inside. And it's all, like, this, like, long dolly shot where it looks like he's not walking because he's not walking. He's standing on the dolly. Oh, man. Have you guys seen it? Ulysses, have you seen Inside Man? It's a good movie. <laughs> That's Spike Jones. If uh, if there's a camera in danger, I would love to see that movie. <laughs> there are cameras in danger. Oh God, I need to see this ASAP. Is it on Netflix? I I don't know, man. You got you've not seen Inside Man. Does does the camera make it at the end? That's all I want to know. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you that. You gotta give Clive Owen that money. Damn it. <laughs> Ulysses, what do you do? I, you know what? I honestly think what she's doing is really smart uh, because that Alicia, is... did you put this question in our Facebook group just to brag? Alicia? Oh my gosh. Are wait, you wait. bragging? What if she did? That's all right. I think that's okay. I would actually give her a huge high five for that. Because like the way she went about bragging was like pretty, pretty legit. Like didn't even brag in the initial question. Just asked the question like, hey, I just want to know. Waited for me to call her out on not sharing how she does things. Like me bullying her like a real Ulysses to a ghost. And then <laughs> jumps right in and, uh, you know, just says, this is what I do. And it's like the best answer in the world. No, I think what she's doing is really smart because that's a whole nother line of of income right there. That is 
not what we do, but only because we take the simpler route. I think for, we have like, we have, we pretty much have flat rates for all our different sessions that we do. We, we do offer a certain amount of photos and of course we over deliver photos, but basically with us, we just like for a family session, we offer one family session price. It's usually like an hour. Obviously, if they have a different idea in mind, like, hey, we want to do a family session, but there's like five of us, five of us, different families showing up at one time, then I'll usually quote them for that. But for the most part, they pay whatever the session fee is. We select the photos that they're going to get. And they know that ahead of time. And we put them up on a gallery and send it over to them and call it a day. And I think that's, that's always worked for us. We, as soon as we're, as soon as they pay us, we've, you, we edit all their photos, uh, we turn them over and we're done. That's it. You know, we move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. See where Jen and I usually do this thing is, like I said, if we do like some sort of like deal or giveaway sort of thing, then we'll try to upsell people on more stuff. But where we do it on every single thing we sell is photo albums. So every photo album that we sell comes with a set amount of pages, whether it's 20 pages or 40 pages. And when Jen decide, when Jen designs the photo album, she just includes a bunch more pages, like yeah. 10, 20 more pages than whatever they paid for. And then just says, hey, you can purchase, you know, everything I designed for this much money or we can try to cut it down. If you want, just let us know what you want cut out. That is a way we use to try to upsell people on stuff. And so mm-hmm. we're not trying to hurt our clients <laughs> when we do yeah. this. Like we're trying to build something for them where it's just like, this is good. And then we throw in a bunch of extra pages where it's like, and this would make it a little bit better sentimentally for you. But that's like the real place where we do this every single like client we have. You know, when, when we when I first got started in in the industry, I know that I offered like different kinds of prints and canvases and all these different things. And this was before, you know, now you can just set up an account with Smug Mug. They can go straight there and order their prints and get them delivered and you get some cash out of it. This was before that. So it was it kind of became too much of a hassle for us. So we started just offering like the like I said this flat rate. We sh- we shoot the session, we turn it over and it's done with and the feedback that we've gotten from it is that our clients like how simple it is working with us. You know, mm-hmm. we tell them exactly what they're going to get, they show up, we do the photos and they get exactly what they expected. All right, Ulysses, let's do one more question. We've gone super long, and unlike you, I don't think I can cut this into two separate podcasts and uh, mash it up. (laughs) So, Ulysses, Timothy from the Facebook groups asks, when you are done shooting a wedding, do you say goodbye and congratulate the couple, or do you just bounce? (laughs) I like how you said that. Bounce. No, man, you got to keep it professional. You got to check in with the couple. Even even if the last thing you want to hear is, oh, wait, I need to take one more photo. You got to do it. Oh, wait, I need to take one more photo. Oh, wait, I need to charge you an extra $300. This puts me over my limit. And yeah. then you give them a big thumbs up, you <laughs> smile real big, like uh, the Foo Fighters and the Mentos music video commercial uh-huh. thing, and uh, you wink. And when you wink, there's like a little twinkle in your eye, just like in the Foo Fighters Mentos commercial. <laughs> See, you say that, but you and I have both talked 
about this, and that's not how you get that five-star rating. Um, it is how you get that five-star rating. You're not smiling and winking right if you're not getting a five-star rating off that. <laughs> Maybe I'm doing this all wrong. <laughs> you are. <laughs> no, you got to stop in and check in with them, man. I mean, this is... Uh, that's your couple, man. You're doing everything for them. You got to make sure they're happy all the way through. Okay. Unless you're Steven, unless you're Steven Van Elk and you can just uh, look across the room, give the give the groom a wink and a peace sign and be out. Now, Ulysses, let's say you told the couple, hey, I'm about to leave in a little bit. Is there anything else you need? And they're like, no. And you're like, I'm going to stick around for like 15 more minutes, get a few more shots, and then I'm going to take off. Do you check back in after that 15 more minutes? Yeah. I uh, I do my final check in like a half hour before. Mm-hmm. And then um, I stick pretty close to them 15 minutes, you know, 15 minutes before, still making sure they don't need anything. And, yep, I absolutely go over and say goodbye. And, and if we have another shooter with us or something, we try to do a photo with them before we leave too. Kiki from the Facebook groups asks, I'm about to buy a beast. Can an 85mm 1.2 or 100mm 2.8? I need to use it as a macro and for portraits. What should I do? Well, you know what? I love that buttery, buttery 1.2. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be my call for sure. And Kiki? Do you love me? Are you riding? oh man i feel like we have to make uh, keep it going ulysses i feel like we have to make keep it going i said the next line it's your turn (laughs) that's all i know man (laughs) this is the part where you get out of the car and you're like you're never gonna leave no you know what i i prefer that sigma 85 art a sigma 85 oh like i just brought this up because basically i saw the name and i wanted to make a joke about that drake song it's been in our (laughs) questions and answers for like three months and dustin has no idea what drake is so that's the only reason you brought it up dustin may he rest in peace had no idea what drake was i kept telling him drake was a man he's not a thing and dustin was like no i i have no idea what a drake is (laughs) <laughs> I was like, oh, why are you talking like Dracula again? <laughs> no, yeah, I like that uh, the Sigma 85 would be my choice. But if I had to choose between these two, 85. Macro shots. I got to do macro shots too. Canon 85 cannot do macro shots. As somebody who owns that lens, I can tell you that. I think she uh, answered her own question there. Yeah, if she needs macro, she's got to go with that, uh, what is it, the 100 millimeter f2.8? That's what Jen and I use for all of our macro shots. Do you use uh, f2.8 for your macro, or what do you do? Um, I don't have a, we don't have a macro lens. <gasps> uh, How do you get those ring shots? With our 85. Oh, are you and kidding me? You get ring yeah. shots with the 85? 85, no, no, I lie. With our 35. So you use a 35 to get those uh, macro shots? So sometimes what Jen and I will do, so a lot of people don't know this, but like a Canon 50 millimeter F1.4, if you take it off your camera, flip it around backwards, you can use it as a macro lens. The depth of field is super, super shallow, like shallower than an F1.2 when you do that. But 
if you nail the focus on that ring shot, you nail the focus on that ring shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I'll usually shoot that with a 35 and I'll put it somewhere between 2.0, 2.8 and uh, just give it a little extra crop. And we're pretty happy with those, man. Okay. What lens uh, lengths do you usually shoot with? Yeah, our go-tos are 24, 35, 85. You don't shoot a 50 millimeter at all? No. And one of our favorite lenses is Sigma has a, you know, when Maria and I are shooting together, she likes to shoot the 24 and the 35, but she doesn't necessarily like to be switching them out. So we started using the Sigma F2 24-235, which is a really awesome lens. I think it's like a perfect uh, focal length to have uh, for weddings. You can shoot wide. You can keep it on 35 f 2.0. I think it's uh, you don't you don't really need any lower than that. You can you can get away with everything with f 2. I I love 35 so much. I don't know why I'd want to go to 24. I'm all about that. Just staying at 35 all the time. And I love being able to go to f1.4 specifically for reception shots and when I'm shooting open dancing and stuff like that because I feel like it gives us so much more freedom with being able to get like really low light situations and stuff like that. So, so like I said, we, we like to stick to the 24, 35, 85. Those, those are in our bag. Those are our go-to. Uh, Maria likes to use the 24 to 35. I, you know, overall, I think that Sigma's just coming out with, you know, badass lenses. The 40 millimeter, I have no doubt that it's going to be an awesome lens. Sigma's badass lenses that Ulysses just talked about, not to be confused with the Carl Zeiss Batiste lenses. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm sure is also a badass lens, but you know, I mean, that's Sigma, what I've been saying. But whatever, <laughs> Sigma's gonna Sigma has made their mark. They got some awesome lenses, and I'm sure you have a bunch of their lenses. You mentioned a bunch of them, and so do we. All we have are two thirty fives and one fifty, and honestly, that fifty millimeter from Sigma f one point four. I love almost as much as the 50 millimeter 1.2 from Canon. It is a very good lens. It's much better than the Canon 50 millimeter f1.4. And I mean, heads and tails, it's like a million times better than the 50 millimeter, the nifty 50, as people call it from Canon. Absolutely. The 50 millimeter yeah. 1.8, which that nifty 50, the f1.8, if you're just starting out, it's a great lens, but. The longer you shoot with it, the more you're going to realize you want something that gives you just a little bit more. Yeah. And I feel like with the F1.8, the 50 millimeter F1.8, I feel like a lot of my photos just look buttery. Like, oh, it's not, good glass. It's not, great glass. No, no, no. I mean, with the the nifty 50, the, oh, the, nifty the 50. 1.8, when I say buttery, like that's the one time I mean it not in a good way. Like, <laughs> like things look out of focus like they don't look sharp enough like my my the plane that's in focus on a nifty 50 is not quite wide enough whereas like the 50 millimeter f1.4 even though it's a shallower depth of focus i feel like it gets like a larger plane of focus in so more of it looks sharp and the things i want to look sharp look sharp Whereas with the Nifty 50, the F1.8, I feel like 
the things I want to look sharp aren't necessarily in focus. They're not necessarily sharp. Well, I think we all make those transitions over through the lenses. I know when I first started out, I got the Nifty 50. Uh, I also got a 40 millimeter pancake lens. That was my go-to lens for the longest time. It was a 2.8 uh, 40 millimeter Canon pancake lens. It's like I don't know, like half an inch thick. Yeah, you've seen it. Uh, they're great I've never lenses. Used one, but I've wanted one for oh, when they're I great. travel. I love it. They're great. They're they're seriously great. In fact, for the longest time before we got our thirty five, that was our everything go to lens. Whenever we did family shoots, that's all we used. Uh, but over time, you know, you you put your equipment to its full extent, you use it and take it as far as you can. And that's when you start noticing different things in your, in your lenses and your glass and all these things. Like, like you said, like the, the focus isn't as crisp as you'd like it to be. And that's when you switch over to uh, a lens like the Sigma 35 or the Canon 50. That's when you start noticing it. I don't think the clients necessarily notice that, but that's how we progress as photographers. We take our equipment as far as we can take it, and then we move on to another piece of equipment and use that to push our creativity and push our photography. And, uh, you know, we notice those things. And that's how we help ourselves mm -hmm. continue to progress. Well put. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast with Ulysses and Steve. R.I.P. Dustin. R.I.P. Dustin. <laughs> if you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Podbean or Podchaser or one of the things where you can leave reviews and leave us a five-star review, even on Facebook. And if you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. Steven is at Steven Van Elk. And you can find our special guest Ulysses at Del Toro Photo or at his own podcast, Wedding Photo Podcast. If you want to get all those good, good interviews like the one he recently did with Dustin underscore McKibben. That's right. Our very own, very dead Dustin McKibben from this podcast. <laughs> you want to listen to that interview because this is the last one he did before he died in that terrible drone accident that decapitated his head. Because that's a real thing drones can do. And I'm very much here to tell you about it. I'm definitely going to dedicate the next week's podcast to Dustin McKibben. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me in this, Ulysses, this terrible joke about how Dustin's dead. <laughs> if you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. If you really want to warm our hearts, though, head on over to anchor.fm slash wedding photo hangover, and you can sign up to support us for as little as 99 cents a month. It's extremely helpful to us and to the making of this podcast. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. Another wedding. Oh my gosh, you do listen to the podcast. You are trying to emulate Dustin. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you want to say dun-dun-dun after that as well? Dun-dun-dun. Oh, snap. <laughs> Ulysses, where can people find you? <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Del Toro Photo. Uh, you can find the podcast at Wedding Photo Podcast. And I'm also on Twitter at Del Toro Photo. 
this voice is what you sound like. Hi, I'm Ulysses. I'm from California. <laughs> I was taking the 101 to go surf yesterday. After I got done with mountain hiking through the mountains, I had my gear shoes on for that. It was so cool. That's how you talk most of the time. Uh, hi, I'm Stephen Van Elk. Dustin McKibben is my best friend. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!